Friday Rush, live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. I'm at Westwood Park Golf Course in Norman. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa. Half a hundred days until kickoff in Norman. 1,001 days since the last time Texas beat Kansas in football. What a glorious day it is. All right, I asked you uh, going into the top of the hour. I'll ask you it now, Travis. What does the realistic ceiling look like for this football team this year? If realistically everything goes their way and everything Hmm. clicks just right, what does that look like in terms of success in 2022 for OU football? Man, if everything goes right, uh, really, I mean, both you and I uh, agreed last hour that it's not crazy to, to predict that OU slides into the playoff. Uh, we, we, went, we, bet, we went down every team, kind of who we expect to compete for the three spot, who we expect to compete for the four spot, because we both think that Ohio State and Alabama will be in the playoff uh, in some semblance of one and two. So that really is, is the crux of this question, right, is we think that OU can get in the playoff. So if everything goes right, then you're really seeing if can you win a national championship. I think winning a playoff game, I think winning a playoff game and playing for a national championship is the absolute ceiling for this team. Obviously, if you get to that game, all bets are off. Well, I mean, you can definitely bet on it, but, you know, the phrase goes, <laughs> all bets are off. And, and I will least, be. You at I least get be. there. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. If you get to the game, then anything can happen. But, you know, I, 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 I personally think the absolute ceiling, everything goes right, that, you know, we're playing Alabama international title. That's, that's, that's how I think, yeah. again, everything. Yeah, and, and I, I, I actually agree with you. No, I, I actually agree with that. Now, Travis and I aren't saying half a hundred days until kickoff that, yep, we're picking OU to make it to the national championship game. What we're saying is if this team recognizes its true ceiling, then, yeah, man, I, I, I think I'm not going to say that they can win the national championship this year, but I think that they can make it to the game, and here's why. Because if they – recognize their true ceiling that means the offensive line is a lot better all right and let's just start with that that the offensive line is a lot better if the offensive line is a lot better dylan gabriel's going to be really good the running game is going to be really good and these wide receivers are going to be really good and a lot better than they were a year ago if the offensive line ends up being you know towards the end of the year we say dang these guys are pretty good OU will be a top-five offense in college football next season. Recognizing their true ceiling defensively, it means they tackle better. They don't give up as many deep plays down the field. It doesn't necessarily mean that they hold opponents to seven points per game, but they make a big jump defensively. OU's true ceiling with a top-five offense in a much better defense could be good enough to beat a Georgia good enough to beat this year's Ohio State team, good enough to beat Notre Dame. Like, There's one team in college football that truly I look at this year and say, man, they're really elite. It would take a special group and a special performance to beat them. It's Alabama. Ohio State, to me, i got to see a lot more defensively from those guys. They're going to have the best offense, I think, but defensively, you can run the football on them if you want to. I already told you last hour that I think Georgia's going to have – 
a little bit of a championship hangover. I don't think offensively they're going to be as elite as some of the other playoff contenders out there. There's one team out there that I look at and say, yeah, that's going to be tough, and it's Bama. But if OU can get in a situation, Travis, where they play anyone other than Alabama in that first-round game, be it a Notre Dame, be it a Clemson, be it a Georgia, be it a Michigan, whoever, I, I mean, OU can definitely, definitely, definitely stand a puncher's chance in that situation. No, I couldn't agree more. You bring up a lot of great points. And, and, and here's what I hope people do when having these discussions about, you know, what's the, what's the ceiling, what's the record. A lot of these conversations are very similar. People have to go down the schedule. And in this case, the schedule for a college football playoff is really just who are the top, you know, eight teams in the sport. Uh, that's kind of what your, what your breakdown would be and look at matchups and everything like that. So I, I don't want, I don't want to get tagged on Twitter a hundred times of, oh, Travis and Tyler both said that we're going to the national championship. But like, that's again, as Tyler said, that's, that's not what we're saying. We're well, just, just talking tag about us. and we no, just tag us in a case yeah, if it tag, happens, yeah. I'll, I'll remind everyone. See, we did say that. What we'll claim want? it. Yep. We'll claim it. But also you got to think about, I'm going to go back to the talent of the roster. So you look in, Levy comes in, Levy, Levy's offense outperformed Oklahoma's offense uh, in nearly every statistical category was a top three to four defense uh, last year. Keep in mind, uh, he was playing in the SEC, um, so that is worth mentioning. Um, he was playing in the SEC West, it's worth mentioning. If you look at the blue chip ratio that I discussed earlier, Ole Miss is not on there, nowhere on it, not in the top yeah. 15. So, Levy is going to better talent with a quarterback that not only knows his system, but has run his system with a bevy of wide receivers, better better wide receivers than Dylan Gabriel has ever played with. And so you've got that on the offensive side. So you flip over to the defensive side, and in the press conference at Media Days, um, Brett Medible said, look, when we walk in, are we going to be you know, as good as Clemson was on defense? No. Well, I mean, not I mean, not so fast. Again, going back to the blue chip ratio, Oklahoma has the fourth most talented roster, and uh, Clemson has the eighth most talented roster. So the 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 guys are in the room, right? The guys are in the room. All it does is, can you get those guys up to speed as quick as you can? And I think because OSU and Baylor are at the back of the schedule and at home, uh, I think that will be helpful, of course. And we don't have a a Georgia or in Alabama waiting for us in an out-of-conference matchup, I think it really just depends on how quickly can these coaches get this talent, which is bona fide, inarguable talent uh, that's on the roster, how quickly can they get them up to speed? Because the recruiting's been there. I mean, this isn't a situation where it's like a it's like a Miami or something like that where Chris Paul's got to go in and he's, he's going to have a heck of a class in 2023. But, I mean, he's taking a program that, that really didn't, didn't have a ton of, of a a ton of talent i mean they're in the blue chip ratio but they're way way at the back of it but it's not a situation where you're having to make up for a lot of a lot a lack of talent so and and keep in mind as parker's alluded to as brandon drums alluded to uh, we've talked about it a lot these coaches know especially when you talk to guys like todd base these coaches know that if they perform well and coach these guys up and, and, and put out a good a, a good product in 2022, 
it's really going to turn the tide in 2023 as far as um, as far as recruiting goes. And I've heard the term floodgates on many occasions. So you think with that type of motivation, hey, look, we have an opportunity. You know, first impressions last. We have an opportunity for our first impressions with recruits um, to be, look, man, this Oklahoma defense is the real deal. Let's get them in. And Levy has the same thing with quarterbacks and everything like that. So, I mean, when you look at it, it's it's the more you talk about it, the more you can talk yourself into, look, I mean, we, there's no reason we can't be better on offense and on defense. And if you're better on offense and defense, where does that put you? Yeah. Sooner in Texas says, just like any team, OU is one quarterback injury away from a disappointing season. How confident are you with our quarterback room to pick it up if DG goes down? Well, look, I all of the hopes and aspirations and expectations I have on this year's team is based around Dylan Gabriel being the quarterback from game one all the way through the bowl game. If he were to go down, like you're saying, that drastically changes my opinions of what this team is capable of. Now, with what I hear about General Booty, if it were to come to that, I don't think that it would totally fall off a cliff. I think OU can definitely still win games with a guy like General Booty. But clearly, Travis, I mean, I, if Dylan Gabriel goes down, yeah, my, my thoughts about this team are going to significantly change. Well, of course, and, and, and that's where you move the conversation from ceiling to floor uh, because that's, when, that's, that's, if something, that's if something like that goes wrong. And, man, I'm hearing the same things you are about General Booty, and I know it's, it's crazy to even talk about, but even talking to coaches and whatnot that, that were in his area, fans of, uh, of, of teams that watched him play against theirs and whatnot, I mean, they are massive fans. They, there are people that have talked to me, especially when we were out uh, in Vegas, that were like, I don't, know, I don't know what is going on in Oklahoma that you guys were able to get General Booty. Uh, in Norman uh, the way you did, but congrats to you because that guy is a bona fide stud. He's a winner, all that. Like, And in early early returns from camp, he's been nothing but great. So, uh, And I'm not saying, in, of course, that he's absolutely like backup, but he's in the conversation. Him and Nick Evers and, and, and Bevel and all these guys, like they're in the conversation. But I don't – I'm becoming less and less worried that I'm not going to be watching – Dylan, you know, take off from the pocket and try and pick up a first down and hold my breath. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be I'm not yeah. going to be freaking out every time he gets touched. Um, obviously, I wish nothing but the best, the healthiest. Obviously, the ceiling for this team is the highest if Dylan Gabriel is healthy throughout the whole season. Um, but I'm not as doomsday as I once was, pinning 100% of our our hopes of not being an absolute embarrassment. Uh, to him because I think the run game is going to be strong. I do think that the arms in the quarterback room are also good. And I think our defense is going to be able to win a lot of games. Text line, also, how is Nick Evers? I don't hear much about him, so I don't know how good he is. He looked all right at the spring game, but that's all That's all I've seen from him, so I'm curious. Hey, Nick, Nick Evers is a true freshman, and I think that there were definitely times during this spring that he looked just that, a, a true freshman that needs a lot of work. And that's – I said it earlier this week, it's like Trevor Lawrence ruined, ruined it for everyone, for every four- or five-star quarterback. It's almost as if, you know, if you don't come in right away and look like a dude, it's, oh, well, this guy sucks. He's never going to get to play. 
That, 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 that's not going to be – that doesn't have to be the case with Nick Evers. And I'm not saying that he was a bad quarterback by any stretch. I'm just saying that there were some signs where, yeah, we, we've got to get this kid to play a lot better. The, the difficult thing for Nick Evers is going to be if Gabriel plays well this year and Gabriel comes back for 2023 and then in the 2024 season you have five-star Jackson Arnold on campus already with a redshirt year. That could be a pretty tough situation for Nick Evers. I almost feel like, Travis, that he's got to have a great year in terms of progression as a player. He's almost got to hope that Gabriel is a one-and-done guy and then hope to win the job in 2023 over Jackson Arnold, who's a true freshman, and a general booty, who's a transfer quarterback. I feel like that's going to be his best avenue to, to, to be the OU starter. Right, and, of course, Speaking from like a program perspective, these are fantastic problems to have. There's no doubt about it. You you, you know you can say, oh man, we've got our starter that that came back that uh, is proven on the field in Dylan Gabriel, but now we've got four star, five star, and General Booty, and all these guys in the quarterback room. What you know? What are we gonna do? You know what I mean? That's it's a great problem to have. But there is you you could make arguments and and find paths. For Nick Evers, you could find him for General Booty. You could find him for Jackson Arnold early, because I I am you know a subscriber to the theory of I I, I think everybody should sit a year, not sit. I mean, should redshirt a year or should um, back be play backup for a year? I'm not a huge fan of throwing in true freshmen. Uh, I think we saw that with Jalen Hurts coming to town. There's a reason that he needed to come to town because top ranked quarterback in the class. Spencer Radler needed to sit here. It's just simple as that. Caleb Williams, we saw, probably needed to sit here. I know he came in and, you know, as, as legend would have it, that he lit Texas on fire. He had that fantastic run and then had the big 50-50 ball um, that, that, that Mims came down with. But he didn't score for a quarter and a half. So I know the legend will be told that, <clears throat> and this isn't just a, you know, poo-poo on Caleb. There's no doubt about that. But... He showed us the rest of the year, you know, with a 3-2 and two record, basically, with losses to Oklahoma State and Baylor, that he needed to develop, you know. Yep. So it's it's not a knock on Nick Evers that he's not being talked about as, hey, man, is this guy going to challenge for the, for the uh, starting gig? Because he shouldn't start. I mean, it would be a disservice to Nick Evers to start him immediately. And I guarantee you, when Levy got on the phone with him, when him and Gibson came came over and committed, there was no conversation that said, "Hey, you know what? We we need you to we need you to get ready because you might be starting this year." There, that was not in the conversation. Text line: The ceiling is the national title. That is always the ceiling. Realistically, a Big Twelve title in a playoff berth is what I think we do. Where we go after that, who knows? I look in, in terms of baseline expectations. Like, the ceiling to me, the hope is, yeah, make it to the playoff and win a playoff game this time around. But the baseline of expectations for me in year one, Big 12 championship, man. This team is good enough to win a Big 12 championship. I think you got to accomplish that this year, Travis, to, to call that a successful season. Some people might not agree with that, but really, to me, the conference is a got-to-be-better-than-Baylor situation to win the conference. I think that that's very doable. I think you got to win the league this year. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's to be called a success for sure. Um, now, you might have, I guess, somebody go on a 
crazy run if if Kansas State <laughs> somehow puts together you know a, a crazy you know 10 win 11 win season and, and wins it. it it's got to take something mir- miraculous from somebody else for me to look at an OU team that doesn't win the Big 12 and be like it was still cuz keep in mind last year we didn't make the Big 12 championship so yeah. if we just go by a strictly results standpoint making the Big 12 championship is an improvement over what Lincoln Riley could do. And I, I don't know how many times I've, I've said it or that I have to say it, um, but Lincoln got the team his first year, overtime, Georgia. Next year, 11-point loss to Bama in the playoff. Next year, blown out by LSU in the playoff. Next year, you uh, win the Big 12, don't make the playoff. Next year, you miss the Big 12 championship altogether. So it's a straight line down. So – in order for that line to just go back up, if you're thinking about it as just a graph, if you're looking for it to go back up, then even making the Big 12 championship is quite literally an improvement on what Lincoln Riley could do in his last year at Oklahoma. So I'm not I'm not saying that I would consider that a success, but it's also something to consider. Yeah. Hey, what's going on at Ash up there at uh, Tulsa? Oh, at Ash, we're uh, we're relaxed, and we got. Uh, I see a lot of whiskey in glasses, uh, some cigars being smoked. Uh, we've got uh, guy over here on his headphones can't hear me, but he's locked in. Uh, it looks almost like a uh, he's got a Starbucks situation going on in L.A. Whenever where everybody thinks they're just <laughs> uh, um, you know type typing up uh, typing up a movie or something like that. Oh, I've got a script going, and everybody offers to read each other's scripts. So. Um, but oh, he's got one ear not one ear off now. I better not chat about him. But yeah, we're just having fun here at Forty Second and Sheridan and in, in in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Beautiful, sunny, hot Tulsa, Oklahoma. So come hang out, have a drink, a three dollar domestic draft. Not going to beat those prices, especially in a place that looks like this and feels like this. Yep, I'm at the Westwood Golf Course. Driving range is open. We've got some people out there. Some people on the putting green. Work on your short game. Everyone just wants to go out there, grip it, and rip it. No, way to cut strokes off. Focus on your short game. Come out here. You could do that at Westwood Park Golf Course. You can play 9, you can play 18. Or if you're like, eh, way too hot to golf this weekend, that's all good. Just go to the Westwood Pool right next door as well. It's got a lazy river. It's got slides. It's basically got everything. It's a really, really cool facility. Westwood Park Golf Course. you got the Westwood Pool and even the Westwood Tennis Facility right next door as well. All right, we'll get to more of your texts coming up next on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Friday Rush, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. More to come on The Ref. Friday Rush, live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas live at Westwood Park Golf Course in Norman. Travis is at Ash. Ash. Cigar Bar up there in Tulsa. 405-651-3439 is the number. Someone on the text line is saying, hey, just bought tickets to the OU-Baylor game. What are the chances that both teams are undefeated at that point in the year? I don't think very high. It's it's a tough ask for two 8-0 football teams to go into week nine of the season and be undefeated. Baylor's got a really tough road game week two at BYU. Uh, they got to go to Iowa State before that. Not that I think Iowa State's going to be any good, but Iowa State will have one game where they play over their heads at home, and it could be that one. they got to go to West Virginia before that. And, and even Oklahoma, I think, starting off the year 8-0 is going to be pretty tough. So I don't know about you, Travis, but I, I would put a very low percentage that both OU and Baylor are undefeated for that game, though I do think they're the best two teams in the conference. Oh, statistically, it's it's nearly impossible. 
Um, when you when you think of just what it takes to go undefeated in conference play, and obviously one of those two teams would, obviously, if they both go into that game with an undefeated record. I mean, the last time a, the last time an Oklahoma team did it was in 2016. So, I mean, and we've had a lot of good teams since then. We've had a lot of teams in the playoffs since then. And yet even those teams have, have dropped one or sometimes two games in the Big 12. So you're kind of asking me mentally to say that both Oklahoma and Baylor this year are better than 2017 Oklahoma, 2018 Oklahoma, 2019 Oklahoma, 2020 Oklahoma, 2021 Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like it's. I think people. Yeah. People think, oh man, it's just it's undefeated. You know, we're favored in every game. We should win every game. Like, yeah, it's just it's really tough to go undefeated through any conference, really. And for two teams to do it in the same season, in in that ultimate kind of precursor to what would likely at that point be a rematch. In the Big 12 championship game, statistically, I mean, mathematically, that's how it would have to be. Um, I just don't see it happening. I mean, to the texture, I I think it's going to be an awesome game. You, you talk about some some helmets hitting. Oh, dude, that's going to be a pad-popping game. That's going to be maybe the most physical football game that OU plays this year. Hey, if you're buying tickets to a home game this year, it's the Baylor or the Oklahoma State game. The Baylor game is going to be a great game. Both teams, I think, will be ranked. I think both teams will have really good records. I just, I don't know. I don't think that they'll be undefeated at that point. Chase, man, well, and, why and, are you and doing to my that? Point, to my point earlier, to my, to, to my point earlier, it's before that, it was 2004 that we went undefeated throughout the conference. And we're talking about multiple teams, Yeah, you know, teams that made the playoff, made national titles, all this kind of stuff, still didn't make it through unscathed. Uh, through Big 12 play. So I understand other teams were better then. Some team, different teams are better now. I, I get there's some nuance to it. But just to think Oklahoma's dominated for the last two decades in the Big 12, um, and, and they've only put together a handful of undefeated conference seasons. So go ahead. What, uh, what was the text line saying? Well, I, I mean, I just I don't appreciate Chase uh, sending us a picture from this awesome-looking lake in Arizona saying it's 5 o'clock somewhere. He's on this legit-looking speedboat. Um, if your goal was to rub it in and make us jealous, I mean, Travis is at a great spot. I'm at a great spot, but come on, that looks awesome. Oh, from Lake Havasu? Oh, man, come on, Chase. Hey, but, yeah, you know what, uh, Chase, that looks like such a blast, and we are just tickled that you are spending your time with us on this Friday afternoon, um, tuned in and uh, getting your OU radio, your KREF fix. So, looks like a great time. I uh, hope you have a fantastic time. Please be safe, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the weekend. Yeah, it's really cool, man, when, you know, people go on vacation. And, you know, there's a guy earlier this week, he's in Maui, and he sends us a picture like, hey, Listening to the ref in Maui, uh, OU Architect comes in the States. He's in South Carolina, and he's like, hey, man, what's going on in the States on vacation? Listening to you guys. I think Kendall sent us a, uh, a text from aboard a cruise ship. Chase is in Lake Havasu in Arizona. Um, it, it almost seems like no one turns us off when they go on vacation, and they are showing off, and that's fine. But it is still really cool at the same time, Travis, hey, the people yeah, are on vacation great. saying like, hey, man, I, I, I'm trying to unwind, but I don't unwind from you guys. And we're always still listening. That's cool. Hey, we're, 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 part, we're part of the unwind, baby. I do want to know. Um, <laughs> I want, who, I, I'm sure we have data on this, but 
Who is our, just distance from the station, who is the farthest reaching uh, listener? Like, on the app, obviously, but or, you know, on some type of app. But who, do we have any people that live in Europe? Do we have any people, you know, that live yes. abroad? You know, obviously... Uh, yes. Washington, but uh, check in. If you think you're the furthest away from the station, check in on the text line. I kind of want to, or, or just do a roll call. Where is everybody? Where is everybody from? Where is everybody listening from? I, I'm new to the station. For those of you that have been listening for longer than I don't know, a couple months, I suppose. Uh, but I, I, I love to hear that kind of stuff. So uh, check in. Uh, let's do a little roll call. Uh, where are you listening from today? Hit the text line. And that number is 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Dude, let's do a little roll call. Man, this guy's getting good at getting the text line going and getting the numbers up asking these questions. Huh? <laughs> it's the second time today. He's getting a pretty good idea of uh, how this thing works. I'm, impre- I'm impressed. Now, look, we, we do have one regular listener, and I mean every single day, in Poland. I know the man. I've met him several times. He's really, really nice. He has bought me some Maker's Mark, so he ranks pretty high in my book. Uh, OU Architect <laughs> is who he is. So you better be further out than Poland if you're going to be our most remote listener. <laughs> oh, and I'm meaning right now. I don't even mean who's got the app, who's got the app downloaded. I mean who's in. We got a man. They're flooding in already. Uh, oh we got God. Santa Fe so far as the winner right now. Uh, man, oh, Alexis of Tulsa, I know exactly who that is. That's Mr. Todd Morrison, yeah, so do friend I. of the show. He's actually uh, hosted a uh, remote uh, for the Gimme Zone uh, on Saturdays during the PGA Championship. Um, but, man, that's that's a lot of fun. It's, I tell you what, speaking of Poland and faraway places, I have to give a shout-out. Um, I shot them a message to see if I could announce it, but they didn't get back right away, so I'm going to announce it anyways. Uh, those of you that, that tune in to the Friday Rush, that you guys know that we start off our show um, with Hillbilly Vegas. Uh, they're a great band. They're out of actually Fort Smith, big-time OU supporters, massive fans. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff with them during the season that you definitely want to stay tuned to. Uh, we are kind of breaking down uh, some some new walls uh, that you're going to be really excited about. They just signed a deal. They got signed to Sony in cool, Europe. Man. Uh, so they got a record deal awesome. with Sony. And, uh, yeah, and they've got apparently uh, uh, that's going to be dropping in October. They've had two top five singles there, and they've had three top five singles uh, in America. So couldn't be happier for those guys. They actually just left for Sturgis. They're on tour uh, for the next few months. So, um, yeah, really excited for those guys. Congratulations on signing your deal with Sony. Um, maybe OU Architect can get the first copy. Kennedale, Texas, home of Weatherman Jay, Knoxville, Tennessee, Austin. I listen every day in Houston, Des Moines. Checking in from Djibouti. Well, that's a 405 number. All right, I can see your number here. You better send a picture <laughs> to uh, to confirm that. Here's another 405 that says Greenland, Cape Morris, we wanna, Greenland. We want to see if a picture you guys from. Can send pictures. We want to see the picture from a place, Djibouti. I want to make sure the text line is extremely clear um, with that. Do not send any other pictures that might rhyme with that. We want Djibouti, the location, not not a bunch of booty pictures <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on, uh, on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the text line. We do not want that. Maybe of general booty, but other than that, Djibouti or general booty? I just want to make sure we're 100% clear because sometimes that 
you know, whether you're trying to say boutique or whether you're trying to say Djibouti, sometimes it gets kind of screwed up. Wow. Wow. I like that one. Uh, Boy City in the Panhandle, <laughs> Destin, Florida, uh, OKC, the Andromeda Galaxy. Brian says, listening here from the Andromeda, or Andromeda Galaxy, I can barely hear you, though. Okay, now you guys are just getting ridiculous on here. Broken Arrow, Bigsby, awesome. Love it. 405-651-3439. More of your text coming up next on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More college football as well. What else do you want on this summer Friday? Keep it locked on the ref. Friday Rush plus all 50 states in the United States of America and about 15 other countries, judging by the Air Comfort Solutions text line listening in. Uh, you guys are awesome. Like sir, We could do the rest of the show just reading off places where everyone's listening. Gunny, I'll give you some love. Peach capital of Oklahoma, Porter, Oklahoma. I did not know that. Someone is listening from the Garden of the Gods in Colorado Springs. I friggin' love that place. That's really cool. Uh, we've, got, uh, we, we've got a listener in Florida. He sends us a uh, horns down picture. Kelly's out there. Las Vegas Sooner, Montgomery, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, we are literally all over the map. Like, we, we look like one of those maps. Uh, we look like one of those maps, Travis, where there's just those little bitty thumbtacks all over the place. That's where we have listeners at. Yeah, and it's, it, man, this is so awesome, man. When, when we talk about Sooner Nation, we truly mean Sooner Nation. We're not talking about Sooner State. This is Sooner Nation, uh, and, and everybody's showing out. Uh, I, I, I couldn't be more thrilled to see everybody checking in. I appreciate you guys uh, really really interacting and, and speaking about you know looking at a map and seeing pins all over that's what the recruiting map's starting to look like I'm, uh, it's it's pretty incredible nice really um, to see to see them reach to Washington the Carolina Florida up into the Northeast um, I mean it's every time zone. it's really impressive it's really impressive um, that that this staff has and I know I know we've had a lot of conversations on air about you know you know, prioritizing Oklahoma kids, I am fully in that boat. But we have to understand that ro- roads into Oklahoma, we need those as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to li- leave a, a, a Phil Pachati out there or Heatho Zida or anything like that, just or 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 any of uh, you know Dalen Smothers or anything. Like that. I'm not going to leave them out um, just because they're not in our region. You know what I mean? You just we are in the in the business of acquiring talent and. And we are uh, uh, we're acquiring a lot of it. I mean, to be frank, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's a great way to nice segue by you. I uh, just wanted to kind of give you that. Uh, that was very nice. Appreciate that. And I'm going to segue that into this text that says, "So this is my first time texting the show. I love the show. I'm Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. What do you think the best case scenario is for recruiting rankings this year?" It's a good question. So here's how I evaluate that, Travis. Ohio State has a really good recruiting class right now. It's going to be tough to jump them in the rankings, even with the good news that we project OU to have throughout the rest of the summer. Same thing with Notre Dame. Same thing with Texas. Same thing with Clemson. And we know at some point that Alabama is really going to get on a roll, and we got to expect Georgia to get on a roll as well. Not that OU can't finish higher than both Alabama and Georgia. OU is the higher-ranked class over Alabama right now, but it's Alabama. They routinely finish number one. you got to think that they're going to make a serious run. I think best-case scenario, 
is probably that six spots, and I project OU to be the seventh or eighth ranked class in the 2023 recruiting cycle. What do do you think, Travis? Well, I personally think that uh, kind of best-case scenario, which is is what what Jonathan's getting at is what's best-case scenario – I think best case scenario is is four or five, to be honest, because there's a couple things you have to take into consideration. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. There are a lot of kids that kind of in that wait and see mode to see what Oklahoma can really do on the football field. And when we talk about best case scenario, that means that the defensive line looks dominant. You know, the linebacking core looks like NFL players, all this. It means that we've really shown something for a lot of those guys and you look at the teams ahead of us let's let's just look at i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna reel off uh really quickly sorry for those that that aren't don't have the 247 sports team rankings up like i seemingly constantly do but notre dame ohio state clemson texas penn state tennessee lsu miami georgia and arkansas so you have to think okay which of those teams are going to have maybe a lackluster season or maybe not the ceiling that that an Oklahoma has. So when you get later into the year, you're thinking, oh, man, team's kind of – this coaching staff isn't really doing what, what they thought, you know, they said that they were going to be doing. They're not – I can't see myself in this like they said that, that I would be. I, I think Tennessee is a uh, – you know, could be a victim of that. Texas obviously could be a victim of that. Um Penn State could be a victim of that, um, and to to a point, Miami could as well, because we've seen Mario Cristobal recruit at an elite level where he's been, but he hasn't been able to put together that that real like playoff run that we're waiting for with all the talent that he holds together. Uh, Arkansas, we'll jump Arkansas. They're already they're at twenty three commits already, and they're only three points above us in the composite. They have fifteen three stars alone we have 15 players in the class so um i think that's important to consider uh is really what teams are going to do throughout the season up until signing day because i think oklahoma has the upward trajectory and if it's a best case scenario like jonathan asked i i think it's a situation where we can get into the top five specifically off numbers as well because i think this class does have room to get up into that kind of 28 uh player range uh, 405, y'all are so much better to listen to than the other station in Oklahoma. Cough, cough, sports animal. Yeah, hey, if, if you want uh, golf talk and basketball talk, I, I'll point you in the direction. But if you actually want to hear what people care about in the state, which is college football, then, hey, the ref is the station for you. And not just college football. All, I mean, OU softball, OU baseball, kind of everything OU. Yeah, where the spot to be, but keep those texts on it. And I actually, five. oh, yeah, go I want to touch on that real quick, and and I will finish because uh, I cut you off in the middle of the number. But four zero five six five one three four three nine, the Air Comfort uh, Solutions text line. Keep on, keep on rolling those in. This has been such a blast having you guys engage with us. But also for me, being kind of a, I don't know, we we've talked about this. I'm not a traditional radio guy, right? I don't have a journalism background. I don't have a radio background, uh, but when given the opportunity, and not not saying that you know Sports Animal emailed me a contract or anything like that, but this is the only station that I would work for because it, it because they're ahead of the game in in the world of today where podcasts are available for whatever specialized interest you have. If you want to listen uh, to 
about OU Sports, you can listen about OU Sports whenever you want. You tune into KREF. The problem is a lot of the radio, um, kind of the radio market, they're like, well, we've got to touch on OSU. We've got to touch on golf. We've got to touch on Thunder. We've got to touch on TU. We've got to touch on ORU. We've got to touch on OU. So the problem is people will get on air and they'll be like, oh, man, I'm listening to OU. I'm an OU fan, right? And then they start talking about, OSU basketball, I'm like, well, I'm going to change the station or I'm going to go to a podcast. That's the nice thing about listening to KREF and now working for KREF is I know what I'm going to get. You're going to talk about the teams that I follow. You're going to talk about the school that I follow, and you're going to engage with me on the text line, things like that. And that's why I'm so happy to be with KREF. And honestly, like I said, it's the only station that I would ever work for because I get to talk about – what I want to talk about and what everybody wants to listen to in the more specialized era of media. And you don't have to hear about meaningless summer basketball games in the NBA. All right, 405, like you said, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll close up hour number two of the Friday Rush coming up next. Friday Rush live on the ref, Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. I'm at Westwood Park Golf Course in Norman. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa. Little recruiting update. OU currently the number 11 ranked class via 24-7 sports. OU got a four-star running back yesterday out of Charlotte, North Carolina by the name of Dalen Smothers. They have, uh, they are trending very nicely. Crystal balls are basically, for those of you that don't know, because I know not everyone follows recruiting, crystal balls are basically when recruiting insiders pick where they think a kid is going to go to school. So OU has a couple crystal balls in today for a four-star linebacker out of Tampa, Florida, by the name of Lewis Carter. Apparently he's going to announce tomorrow he's got offers from Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, USC. OU looking good on that one. Also looking good for Josiah Wagner out of the state of Washington, a four-star corner, his final four, OU, Cal, Oregon, and Texas. So, Travis, stock up right now for Miguel Chavis, stock up right now for DeMarco Murray, stock up right now for Bill Bedenboe. But I want to ask you about DeMarco Murray because four running backs in the past two classes, we know what he was able to accomplish on the field. Is he going to be a long-term running backs coach at OU, or is he going to be a guy that takes an offensive coordinator job in the next couple of years? Does he want to be a head coach? Like, Give me kind of the crystal ball outlook on what DeMarco Murray's career looks like in the next five years. I, I personally think that he loves his position right now, and I think that he very much understands the history. He's been part of the history of what that running back position at Oklahoma has been. He can walk outside and see the Heisman statues in Heisman Park about what that tradition is like. I think he understands that, and I think he's there at least as long as Brent Venables is there, if I'm being honest, because he made plenty of money in the pros. He turned down what reportedly was the highest uh, the highest ever offer for a running backs coach from Ole Mule Shoe to go out to USC because imagine what kind of recruiting he could have done in the West Coast being DeMarco Murray from, obviously, Las Vegas. But DeMarco said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay at Oklahoma. we got something special going here. Um, he, could, he could go and, you know, go back to broadcasting. He could do whatever. He's got his own investments. He is doing this because he wants to do it. 
That, let's make that abundantly clear. And he's doing a great job at it. So as he continues, he's right now, like early on in his career, he's DeMarco Murray, uh, you know, former Offensive Player of the Year, all-pro running back, Sooner legend. But if he continues to turn out mul- multiple blue-chip uh, prospects in every class, he will soon be known as, oh, no, no, that's not just DeMarco Murray, former great running back. This guy is one of the best running back coaches and recruiters in the country. I think he's already one of the best recruiters in the country, but you can really start to get that legend grown in the coaching sphere. So uh, I think he sticks around uh, really for the long haul until there's an obvious uh, uh, successor, and I, th- I think he's probably pretty happy in his role. I don't think that, that he wants to take on the, the full-blown you know, offensive. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't want to speak for him, but I don't think I don't think he necessarily wants to take on the full play calling, offensive, whatever. He doesn't want to unless it's yeah. unless it's staying at Oklahoma and moving up. I don't think he does anything. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. I, I don't know if he has big aspirations of being an offensive coordinator, but if he does, I don't think that he's going to go to Purdue and be an offensive coordinator. I don't think that ah, he's going to go to taking Pitts. it on the chin. Yeah, I don't think that Pitt's going to be an offensive coordinator <laughs> to Pitt there or Mississippi State or something. It, it's going to have to be about location. And, I mean, USC apparently has all this location, and he turned down that gig. So maybe we should think that as long as he wants to do this and as long as he wants to coach, yeah, maybe OU's going to continue to have the most recognizable running backs coach in all of college football. Final hour of the Friday Rush is next. Keep it locked on the ref.